Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of vitamin and mineral absorption found under the gastrointestinal section at MedBullets.com. Let's begin with a general overview. For vitamin B12, also known as cobalamin, absorption occurs in the terminal ileum, but this requires intrinsic factor. In the setting of a gastrectomy, intrinsic factor deficiency occurs as a consequence of loss of parietal cells. So intrinsic factor deficiency leads to a vitamin B12 deficiency. This may cause pernicious anemia, and treatment would be with vitamin B12 administered by injection. Now let's discuss iron. Absorption occurs in the duodenum, and absorption is across the apical membrane of the intestinal epithelial cells, which occurs as free iron in the Fe2 plus state. In the intestinal epithelial cells, the free iron binds apoferritin. The iron-ferritin complex is transported across the basolateral membrane into the bloodstream. In the bloodstream, the iron binds transferrin and is transported from the intestine to storage sites in the liver. The absorption across the apical membrane of the intestinal epithelial cells may also occur as heme iron. In the intestinal epithelial cells, the heme iron, which is iron-bound to hemoglobin, is digested by lysosomal enzymes. This releases the free iron in the Fe2 plus state, which then binds apoferritin. Finally, let's discuss folic acid or folate. Absorption occurs in the jejunum, and there is a small reserve pool stored in the liver. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to vitamin and mineral absorption, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 28-year-old woman presents with right lower quadrant abdominal pain, fatigue, and intermittent diarrhea for the past nine months. She also reports weight loss and believes it is due to a decreased appetite as she has been a vegetarian for the past year. She has noticed herself being more forgetful, and she denies seeing any blood in her stool, changes in diet, infection, or recent travel history. Her temperature is 99.5 degrees Fahrenheit, or 37.5 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 112 over 72, pulse is 89 beats per minute, and respirations are 17 breaths per minute. Physical exam is unremarkable. Laboratory testing demonstrates a hemoglobin of 10.8, hematocrit of 32%, platelet count of 380,000, and MCV of 118, reticulocyte count of 0.27%, leukocyte count of 9,900 with a normal differential, and an ESR of 65. A colonoscopy is performed and demonstrates focal ulcerations with polypoid mucosal changes adjacent to normal appearing mucosa. A biopsy is obtained, which demonstrates ulcerations and acute and chronic inflammatory changes. Involvement of which of the following sites most likely explains this patient's clinical presentation? And the answer choices are choice one, colon, choice two, gastric antrum, choice three, gastric fundus, choice four, ileum, or choice five, jejunum. The best answer to this question is Choice 4. Ilium. This patient's clinical presentation and findings on colonoscopy are highly suggestive of Crohn's disease. Involvement of the terminal ilium best explains her macrocytic anemia and cognitive changes. Vitamin B12, or cobalamin, 
is a water-soluble vitamin involved in hematopoiesis and neurologic function. Cobalamin is found in animal products and requires intrinsic factor in order to be absorbed in the terminal ileum. The ileoenterocytes contain receptors for the cobalamin intrinsic factor complex. About 80% of patients with Crohn's disease have a small bowel involvement, most commonly involving the distal ileum. Inflammation affecting the ileum will disrupt the ileal receptors and result in cobalamin deficiency. This will result in a macrocytic anemia and variable neurological symptoms, such as gait abnormalities and mental sluggishness. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. This patient presents with right lower quadrant pain, which can be suggestive of an ileitis. Although the colon may be involved, it will not explain her macrocytosis. Choices 2 and 3. Although the gastric fundus contains parietal cells that secrete intrinsic factor, there is no history suggestive of a gastrectomy or atrophic gastritis. The gastric antrum does not contain parietal cells and thus would not secrete intrinsic factor. Therefore, it would not be expected for the patient to develop a macrocytic anemia if there was involvement of the gastric antrum. The terminal ileum is more commonly involved in Crohn's disease and her right lower quadrant pain is suggestive of ileal involvement. Choice 5. Jejunal involvement can explain her macrocytosis as this is the site of folate absorption. However, it would not explain her cognitive changes and right lower quadrant pain. Finally, a bullet summary. Crohn's disease involving the ileum can impair vitamin B12 absorption, which will subsequently result in a macrocytic anemia and neurological symptoms. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 21-year-old woman presents to the clinic complaining of fatigue for the past two weeks. She reports that it is difficult for her to do strenuous tasks such as lifting heavy boxes at the bar she works at. She denies any precipitating factors, weight changes, nail changes, dry skin, chest pain, abdominal pain, or urinary changes. She is currently trying out a vegetarian diet for weight loss and overall wellness. Besides heavier-than-usual periods, the patient is otherwise healthy with no significant medical history. A physical exam demonstrates conjunctival pallor. Where in the gastrointestinal system is the most likely mineral that is deficient in the patient absorbed? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Duodenum Choice 2. Ilium Choice 3. Jejunum Choice 4. Large intestine Or Choice 5. Stomach The best answer to this question is Choice 1. Duodenum. This patient likely has iron deficiency anemia as demonstrated by the patient's fatigue and conjunctival pallor in the setting of menorrhagia and recent dietary change. Iron is absorbed as ferrous iron at the duodenum. Iron deficiency anemia is the most common form of anemia worldwide and is especially common in women of childbearing age. Iron is commonly found in eggs, lean red meat, and poultry and is mostly absorbed in the brush border of the duodenum. The major causes of iron deficiency include blood loss, such as from menorrhagia, decreased dietary intake, such as with the vegetarian diet, and reduced iron absorption, such as in celiac disease. Patients can present with fatigue, weakness, headache, irritability, exercise intolerance, and pica or ice craving. Diagnosis is based on laboratory values such as complete blood count and red blood cell studies. Treatment involves replacing iron either via dietary changes or supplements. 
let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 2. Ilium is the third portion of the small bowel and is primarily responsible for absorbing vitamin B12 and intrinsic factor. Vitamin B12 deficiency can present with megaloblastic anemia, which commonly includes neurological deficits. Choice 3. The jejunum is the second portion of the small bowel and is primarily responsible for absorbing folate. Folate deficiency can also present with megaloblastic anemia. However, this patient's menorrhagia and recent vegetarian diet make iron deficiency anemia more likely. Choice 4. Large intestine is primarily responsible for the reabsorption of water from the stool. Choice 5. The stomach is primarily responsible for digesting and breaking down the food. Finally, a bullet summary. Iron is primarily absorbed in the duodenum of the small bowel. That's all for this review about vitamin and mineral absorption. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.